Thank you for listening to this teaching from Kingdom Discipleship. Jesus declared that he is the bread of life. It is in Jesus and only in Jesus that we can be truly satisfied in our spirit and in our soul. Regrettably, most of us are more concerned with fulfilling physical wants and desires than we are with our spiritual needs. Let's open our Bible now to John chapter 6 and partake in the bread of life, Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, good morning and welcome to another teaching. It is a Monday morning here in Texas and hopefully y'all are just loving on Jesus, spending time with Jesus, like we say every time, just growing to know Jesus. Um, the reason this is emphasized so much is the scripture is unambiguous. It's clear that the only way to know the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, is in and through Jesus Christ. It's, it's in receiving and trusting and relying in, on Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. It's only in Jesus that we can know God the Father is our Heavenly Father. Um, God the Son, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior and Master and King, and, and God the Holy Spirit as our guide, our comforter, our counselor. The only way that we can have these relationships is in and through Jesus Christ. So I'll say again, the only way we can grow to know the triune God is in and through Jesus Christ. And the only way we can grow to know them better is in and through Jesus Christ. In the meaning of life, the entire meaning of life is growing in fellowship, in intimacy, in oneness with God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And, and, that, and then have that, that oneness in relationship with the triune God in and through Jesus Christ, that ought to be reflected in every aspect of our life and how we love one another and walk with one another and encourage and exhort one another and be a blessing to one another. Again, always in Jesus, always pointing people in Jesus. So again, it's only in Jesus Christ that, that anything is accomplished. It's only in Jesus that anything is activated. We ought to have the name of Jesus on our lips more and more and more and more, okay? Um, obviously, we have a triune God, okay? Now, every religion has the word God. The word God means literally nothing without Jesus. It is only in Jesus that the word God has any meaning at all. So as ministers, as Christians, when, when, when we speak about something, okay, we ought not be able to go through a 40-minute teaching and say, God, 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 every time you or I say God, it literally has no meaning at all except in and through Jesus Christ. That's 
That's the only way there is a God. Without Jesus, there is no God. There's no nothing. There's no meaning. There's no life. We ought not do anything. Paul said, eat and drink for tomorrow we die. Just, just go do something else. In Jesus, you have everything. Okay. The reality is we have a triune God, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and relationship with them, any meaning at all, right, comes only in and through Jesus Christ. I don't know how I got so worked up. Golly, here we just got started here. So this is why we talk about Jesus. So when, when, when you find yourself in conversation and you consistently are talking about God, Make a deliberate effort to make sure you say, let's say you, you're you one of those people who are in the habit of saying God all the time. God, 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 God. Insert a Jesus in there like every third time, okay? Bring in a Jesus because it's only in Jesus that God is activated, so to speak, okay? We're utterly dead. We have no relationship to God whatsoever except in Jesus Christ, Okay. And so it is paramount that we as ministers and as Christians, as disciples of Jesus Christ, all of us are consistently are consistently bringing forward the name of Jesus. Jesus said, with me, all things are possible. Without me, you can do nothing. Can do nothing. There is, you, you literally are incapable of anything in any manner, of any substance, of any eternal substance. We are incapable of doing anything related to God except in Jesus Christ. You remember Paul said in uh, Philippians 4, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. All things in Christ, no things without Christ. So, that's why we're always talking about growing to know Jesus. I was praying this morning as I was driving back from Starbucks, and I just told my father, I want to, I just want to know him better. I want to walk with him more. I actually said, I, I want to know you as, as Enoch did. And I told him, I, I know I'm not going to come to that today, but I want to get a little closer to that. You remember where it says that, uh, that Enoch walked with God and he was taken away. And so uh, you and I, that was in the Old Testament, you and I live in the New Testament where Jesus Christ, God the Son, full-blown God the Son is, is right there on every page. And so, uh, you know, but as I, the reason I said that is, uh, you know, what came over me is when Jesus said, John, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, John 14, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So, the Hebrew writer in Hebrews 1 says that Jesus is the exact representation of what God the Father looks like. So, you know, Jesus, you know, again, is what activates everything, 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 Corinne, in our relationship with the triune God. So that's why we're always saying we want to grow to know and walk with and love Jesus more and more and more and more. So... And, uh, and in Jesus, our relationship with Jesus, God, the son, our relationship with our heavenly father and our relationship with the Holy spirit grows and it grows more and more. So thank you, Lord Jesus. All right.
We're in John 6 today. The plan is to do verses 30 to 40. So I'm going to go ahead and read it and we will get rolling. Well, Father, we do thank you for the the living word of God. We thank you for the holy scriptures. We just thank you, Father, for your word that feeds us spiritually, Lord, that provides this sustenance for us, Father, for our spirit and soul. But Father, above all, we thank you for Jesus, our only Lord and Savior and Master and God and King. Lord Jesus, we thank you for willingly becoming a human man for us, living a perfect life for us, dying a perfect death for us. We worship you and thank you as you are alive and risen, Lord, our risen Savior, our risen King. Holy Spirit, we do ask you to lead us and guide us now as we open the scriptures. Give us eyes that see, we pray, and ears that hear. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. All right. John 6, verse 30. We got through 29. I'll read 29 as well, but that's what we, we, we worked through last time. 29, Jesus answered, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Verse 30, so they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 34, sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up at the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. Ooh. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wow. Golly, wow, that's good. All right. So they were asking him, in verse 28, they asked the question, you know, what must we do to do the work requires? And we talked about this last time. Jesus answers, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. And we, we spoke about that, how almost every religion in the world is trying to work its way to God, um, except true, genuine, biblical Christianity. Only in genuine biblical Christianity do we not have what's called a works-based righteousness. 
the Bible teaches we cannot be made right with God by our own work, by our own striving, by our own doing. Um, most religions have this idea of a, of a scale, okay? Um, um, Islam has this scale idea. They admit that they're sinful, okay? By the way, that's the beginning of all things, is to admit you're sinful, to admit you've done wrong things. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 3.23, every human being has done wrong. But in Islam, what they're doing is they're trying to do enough good over here on this side of the scale to offset the bad, the sin that they know they've done. And so, and then they hope that, that they can live enough good and do enough good things that will offset the bad things. And in as much they hope God lets them into heaven. And most of us, if we're candid, will believe that we at some point have had that idea in our lives, that we have this idea that, yeah, we know we've done some wrong, we know we've, we've sinned, we know that nobody's perfect, but you know, we're pretty good people over here. And so we hope that the Lord recognizes that and you know, that scale mentality works out. The Bible is clear and is unambiguous that this in no way, in no way represents the reality of how we come to God. In no way can we come to God through any of our own efforts, through any of our own deeds. We are certainly sinful. And the beginning of all things is us recognizing our complete and total sinfulness to recognize that we are separated from the triune God because of our sin. Our sin is a barrier between us and God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And there's nothing we can do to take it away. Nothing we do good will take away our sin. We're hopeless. We're desperate. The Bible says we need a Savior. And the entire Old Testament prophesied that a Savior would come, a Messiah would come, and that Savior is Jesus. Jesus is the one who's speaking to them here. And he tells them here in verse 29, when they want to know what works they need to do that God requires, Jesus said this, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Believe means to trust in, to rely on, to cling to Jesus Christ as your only Lord and Savior. To believe in him, to receive him into your heart, as your only Lord and Savior, to be desperate to rely on him and to know him and you call out to him, right? Romans 10, 13 says, everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. You go to Jesus, you humble yourself and you, and you proclaim, Lord Jesus, I confess I'm a sinful man or a sinful woman and I confess that I'm hopeless and there's nothing I can do, Lord. I know nothing I do will help me to get to heaven but Jesus, I believe you are the son of God. I believe that you came and lived a perfect life for me and died a perfect death on the cross for me. And I believe you're alive and risen. And I ask you, Lord Jesus, to come into my heart and to be the Lord of my life and to save me from my sin and to bring me to heaven when I die. Lord Jesus, I place all my faith and trust and hope in you alone to save me and to be my everlasting Lord and God. That's what it means to believe in the one that God the Father sent for us. 
right? To believe in Jesus doesn't mean just to simply intellectually acknowledge the existence of Jesus. It doesn't mean to say some words, okay? It's to have a deep knowing of our sinfulness and our desperation and that Jesus Christ is the only solution to that. And that if we will receive him, our sins will be forgiven and we will become children of God. God the Father will be our heavenly Father. Jesus Christ will be our Lord and Savior. The Holy Spirit will be our guide and counselor and comforter. So when they ask what they need to do, Jesus said, this is the work you need to do is to, is to trust and believe in, in him. So then, you know, they don't, they really have their own ends in mind. And we could certainly see this in our lives today. We see it in the church today. I could see it in myself sometimes. Look what they say in verse 30. So he says, this is the only work you need to be, to do. Now, after we become Christians, then we do live a life of obedience, but our trust is not in our obedience. Our trust to go to heaven is only in Jesus Christ. Now, as believers, we ought to live a life of increasing obedience, right? And love um, as we grow to walk with Jesus more and more. But in no way do we rely or trust, on, trust in that for our salvation. But look what they say in verse 30. They ask him to do a show. Now, remember, he just fed 5,000 men, could have been up to 20,000 people. They follow him across the lake the next day. And so he says, <clears throat> the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Verse 30. So they asked him, what miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. <clears throat> Jesus is doing and is speaking to them some of the most profound words ever spoken clearly in human history. He's pointing them to life. But all they care about is their physical circumstances. So when he says to believe, here's the work you need to do is to believe in me, to truly understand who I am, your need of me, and to believe in me. And they say, what miraculous sign will you give that we may see it and believe in you? Well, he just fed the 5,000. It says, you know, in verse 15 that of this chapter that the crowd saw the miraculous sign. So again, they are, um, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to manipulate him to do more miracles for them. They, they, they are consistently not wanting Jesus himself. They're, they're desiring him to, to give them stuff. And they even throw scripture in to manipulate it. What miraculous sign then will you give that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Okay, so again, he's already done miracles. They want him to continue to give them more. They, they are looking for him to satisfy their physical desires. 31, our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. And look what they do here. They even quote the scripture. They even use the Bible, not with the right heart, but to manipulate Jesus to their own ends. Look at our forefathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus had just 
given them bread. A day earlier, Jesus fed them. 5,000 men, again, with women and children, could have been up to 20,000 people, some scholars say. And so now it's the next day, and they're hungry again. And what they're quoting to him is that when Moses was in the desert with the Israelites, God gave them bread from heaven every day. Every morning, they would have the manna to eat. And so now, they want Jesus to provide again for them physically. They want Jesus, perhaps they're hungry already. Uh, probably they are. And so they are pressing Jesus to move, to continue to, 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 to feed them physically. And they even quote the Old Testament scripture, you know, to, to kind of make their point. Now, the problem with that is as Christians, sometimes we do the same thing. They're not using the scripture here in a way that it was meant to be used. They're, they're, they're quoting the scripture to serve their own ends. The word of God, the Bible, is given to us. And we are called to study it, to know it, to obey it, to live by it to grow in the spiritual sustenance it gives us, its spiritual food. You remember Jesus said in Matthew 4, 4, man does not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. The scriptures are the word of God, right, Ian? They're the living word of God. Immense effort was put in over the centuries for us to have this perfect Bible of the living word of God. And we need to come to the scriptures, Melanie. We talk about this all the time, right? And we need to make our lives fit the scripture. We need to make our beliefs fit the scripture. We're not supposed to make the scripture fit what we want to believe. We're not supposed to use the scripture and twist it to fit how we want to live and what we want to do. We're supposed to make our lives fit what it says, not have it fit what we want to do, what we want to believe. And so when we do that, we misuse the scriptures. We're trying to utilize the scriptures to fulfill our own desires. Look what he tells them. So again, they quote the scripture, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Verse 32, Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. So they're quoting again, when under Moses, the Israelites in the Old Testament were given manna from heaven, right? Every day when they got up, there was, there was bread on the ground for them to eat. And so the Lord provided food for them. But Jesus is telling them here that their focus is, is wrong. He said, he's, he's, he's clearly telling them that, that just like the Israelites were focused on physical food, so these Israelites before Jesus now are focused on physical food. But he says, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. He's saying that was just physical provision that that my father provided through Moses, but it is my father who gives you the true bread from heaven. 
And when he says that, he's saying that I am the true bread from heaven. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Wow. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven, Jesus, and gives life to the world. He is, he's trying to get them off their desire and their focus to fulfill physical desires, physical needs, right? And, and really, we live in a, in a place today, you know, it's, we're, it's, we're, we're really no different, right? We're, our minds and hearts are consistently on the physical, right? When we're, when we're hungry and we eat, we feel pretty good. You know, that, that food satisfies us. And we're, if we have physical maladies and we feel better, that's satisfactory to us. It's very hard for us, you know, as, as human beings to not be completely owned by the physical material realm. But Jesus, Stephen, is consistently pointing them to the spiritual realm, to spiritual realities, beginning with him. So again, they're chasing and desiring more bread. He just fed them the day before. Verse 33, for the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven. You see where Jesus just said he came down from heaven. Now try to imagine what they would have thought when they heard this. The bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. You know, if I was standing there, I might be thinking, did, did, did he just say that he came down from heaven? Because I thought he was born like, you know, half mile that way. What did he mean when he said that he came down from heaven? Because we ain't heard nobody come down from heaven, okay? We heard of people go up to heaven, but not come down from heaven. Jesus is God, and he's going to say in verse 35, I am, which is the very famous words that, that God tells Moses in, uh, in Exodus, when uh, when he's sending Moses out to, to 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 begin to lead the the Israelites out of slavery out of Egypt, and Moses is saying, you know, who who do you know who am I supposed to say who you are? And the Lord says, I am. And you're going to see that there in verse 35. For the bread of God is He who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. There's that phrase again: life to who? To the world. Every single person in the world right now at this moment needs to give their life to Jesus Christ. They need to come to Jesus. They need to receive Jesus, knowing their desperate need of him. Let's all do that right now, and then Jesus could come. In 2 Peter 3, verse 9, it says it's not God's will that anyone perish but everyone come to repentance. It's not God's will that anyone go to hell. It's not his will. It says it plainly. He wants everyone to, to repent, to change the way you're thinking about God. And, and to know that, as we said in the beginning, that it's only in Jesus Christ, that in knowing Jesus Christ, 
that we have the forgiveness of our sins and the salvation of our soul. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. 34. Sir, they replied, from now on, give us this bread. Yeah, I mean, and again, I, we would we would probably be the same way, but he, he's clearly not talking about physical bread, but they're like, okay, well, give us this bread. Again, they're, they're so focused on the physical. Lord Jesus, I ask you to help us, Lord. Lord, we, we confess that we, we would not be better, Lord. We ask you to have mercy on us, Holy Spirit, and give us eyes that see and ears that hear and help us to take our minds off the physical things of this life for which we are seemingly so enslaved and help us to put our focus on you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, just, 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 just take the, you know, the blinders off our eyes, Father, and, and help us to see you, to see Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Sir, they said, from now on, give us this bread. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am. And there's that word. He's calling himself God. I am the bread of life. They just said, sir, give us this bread. Verse 35, then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. He who believes in me will never be thirsty. They ask him again for physical bread. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry. When we give our lives to Jesus, we will, he will satisfy our spiritual hunger. He'll, he'll satisfy that hole in your heart. That, 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 that anyone who's not in Christ, truly, you know, there's this hole. There's something missing, right? It's not missing from you physically. It's missing from you spiritually. He who comes to me will never go hungry it's a simple coming to Jesus. Spurgeon said, it's not, it's not big acrobatics. It's just coming to Jesus. Coming to Jesus. Literally humbling yourself. Coming to Jesus. Confessing your sinfulness. Your complete and utter hopelessness and helplessness and, and need of a Savior believing in him as your savior, as the son of God, and asking him to save you from your sin and to be the Lord of your life and trusting him to do it. I am the bread of life, Jesus said. There's a statement. He who comes to me will never go hungry. Come to Jesus today and he will satisfy every spiritual hunger. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. He will never be thirsty. Again, do you see these words? I didn't write them. They're, they come out of Jesus's mouth himself. I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never be hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Jesus Christ satisfies the deepest spiritual need at the core of our heart and soul. Come to Jesus today. But look what he says, and this is so true of us. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. How many of us have been in church our whole lives? How many of us 
in whatever church it is, you know, um, all the different denominations. Maybe you were raised Baptist. Maybe you were raised Catholic. Maybe you were raised Mormon. Maybe you were raised Jehovah's Witness. Maybe, you, you know, Methodist. Um, <clears throat> Sitting in the pew doesn't save us. Being a part of a certain denomination, Baptist, Catholic, Methodist, that doesn't save us. But as I told you, you have seen me and still do not believe. We can hear about Jesus. We can see different things about Jesus, but that doesn't, that doesn't necessarily equate to trusting and relying and clinging desperately to Jesus. He's trying to reveal himself in every way. Have mercy on us, Father. Do you truly know Jesus today? Or do you just know how you were raised? Do you just know what your parents taught you? Do you just know the church you've gone to? Do you know the real Jesus, the real bread of life? 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Okay? All that the Father gives me. Jesus is showing. Do you see the, the work of the Father and the Son in redemption here. So, you know, again, there are those who still don't understand we have a triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's all over the pages of the New Testament. It's even referenced in the Old Testament, right? Um, all that the Father gives me will come to me. So we see the prompting of the Father, right? But they're going to come to who? They're going to come to the Son. And whoever comes to me, Jesus says, me, I will never drive away. Come to Jesus today. He will receive you. He won't cast you out. He'll provide for you the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul. And he's the only one that can. Verse 38, this is, this is powerful. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus is saying, Leah, I don't have my own agenda. Uncle Dennis, Jesus, Jesus isn't here. He's trying to tell the people. He's full-blown God. But he's letting them know, I'm not here on my own agenda. Most of us as human beings have our own agenda in various things. Our only agenda, like Jesus, Jesus said, I'm only here to do the will of the Father who sent me. And you and I, Uncle Dennis, ought to come and do the will of Jesus who sent us. Right, Pop? Right, Mom? Mm. He doesn't have an agenda here. He's here to do the will of the Father, and we ought to do the will of Jesus. Holy Spirit, we, we need some help. 39, and this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none. None. And this is the will of him who sent me, verse 39, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. 40, for my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day. Wow. Golly. This is the will of him who sent me. Jesus will lose none. If you put your faith in Jesus Christ today, you will, will not be lost. If you have genuine faith 
and trust and reliance in Jesus Christ, he will lose none. You are completely and totally and safe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sin and the salvation of your soul, salvation from hell, salvation from eternity, from eternal separation from the triune God. Jesus will lose none, but you've got to come to him. You've got to simply come to Jesus. That I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. We'll have resurrected bodies and we'll spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And it says he will raise us up on the last day. It is he who redeemed us. He who loved us. He who gave his life for us may. For my father's will is that everyone. Look at this. For my father's will. Here's the will of God the father. For my father's will is that everyone. That's not an ambiguous word. In Greek. The word everyone means everyone. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Have you looked to the son? Have you looked to the son of God, Jesus, and run to him, Wendy, knowing your desperate need of him, knowing your Knowing your helplessness, your hopelessness, have you run to him, Kristen? Mm. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son and believes in him shall have eternal life. And remember, eternal life, Lauren, is not just a, a quantity of life. It's a quality of life, but it comes only in the son. That's why we talk about Jesus, 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 Jesus. And then we need more Jesus, Armando, more Jesus, more Jesus. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the son, not to God. You have to look to God, the son, Jesus. It's only in Jesus. For my father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Whew. And look what he says. And I, Jesus talking, and I will raise him up at the last day, not might. Jesus himself, when you look to Jesus, when you give your life to Jesus, when you come to Jesus, when you believe in Jesus as the Son of God and the only hope for your life, Chloe, when you have your full confidence and trust and reliance in Jesus alone, when you're clinging to Jesus as your only hope for the forgiveness of your sins and the salvation of your soul, you will have eternal life. You have it now, you'll have it forever, and you will be raised up by Jesus himself on the last day. Godly Lord Jesus, we worship you. We thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the living word of God, the Holy Scriptures. We thank you that we have this Bible, Lord. Golly, Father, just, just these, wow. We just thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your favor. We thank you for your grace. We ask you to seal these scriptures to our hearts, Lord. And Lord Jesus, Father, I ask you to draw everyone unto you. 
I pray that all would come to you, Lord. Father, you said it's your will that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life. Draw the world unto you, Father, that they may be saved and that Jesus would come. Come, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you and we praise you and we worship you. Holy Spirit, we ask you to lead us and guide us now as we go forward. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen and amen.